Yesterday, we really dove into philosophy and philosophy's possibilities in giving evidence for God. Hopefully, that was a good intro for you into thinking philosophically about God and using our limited reason to show that God truly is benevolent as well as the key to all that is good in your life. For this episode, I will dive into hard scientific facts about Christianity and then I will render those facts irrelevant in the grand scheme of things by stating how faith, and more specifically faith in God, will render all things not based in His Word and all things that extract from His goodness moot. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to The Whitaker Show. This is a show geared towards talking about the many key lessons and takeaways of Christianity with an eye towards apologetics. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Whitaker Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Hopefully, this show can really expand some thoughts that you've already had about faith and science and that... um, Ultimately, this can cause you to change the way that you critically think. That's my goal anyways. Let's see what happens. So, one of the main arguments against a spiritual or religious faith involves people stating that that the very premise of what you believe in is not proven. God. Which is a good place to start, but it's so, so common, right? However, if proof is needed, proof you can have. Let's start simple. Something cannot come from nothing. I know, it seems crazy, right? The Bible mentions a beginning for a reason. There must be a reference point. Let's get scientific. A theorem created by three cosmologists, Arvind Borg, Alan Guth, and Alexander Vilenkin, demonstrated an inflationary model of the universe, right? This essentially stated that the universe has been in different stages of inflation. The borg guth vilenkin theorem proved that the universe cannot be past eternal but had to have a beginning due to its expanding nature. Why is it important? If eternity in the past cannot exist by this theorem, as well as others created by other scientists, then this would serve as proof for a beginning, which is key. In fact, Dr. Methani, who's also worked with those other three, another scientist, stated that for all we know, there are no models at this time that provide a satisfactory model for a universe without a beginning which is good news to us. Even further, as Stephen Hawking says in his 1996 book, The Nature of Space and Time, almost everyone now believes that the universe and time itself had a beginning at the Big Bang. Big words, right? Let's tie this to the Bible. The universe was once without form and void, as mentioned in Genesis, a gaseous, hyper-hot universe that cooled, and thus planets and other elements of the cosmos were created from that cooling. Thus, combining this fact with the evidence that the universe is expanding and had a beginning, well, I think we um, have here a scientific add-on to our basis, which is faith. As it's mentioned in the Word and then verified by science, that lends credit to the theist's argument. So let's dive even further into science. The Higgs boson otherwise dubbed the God particle by Letterman, is a particle existent in all things that underlies every physical object that exists and is very difficult to detect. Why do I mention this? This this particle is very, very important. This particle's existence allows for mass to be applied to a physical object without, without it there 
there would be no physical objects. Just thinking about that makes my, makes my head spin, right? This directly shows God's conservation and omnipresence. Why? Were it not for God upholding the world and conserving it with his power, nothing would be possible. The Higgs boson demonstrates that you do not need to detect something with our five senses in order for it to be real. We have a proven particle, the Higgs boson that exists without being detected, which directly correlates to God, because we can't detect him, right? But we, and then we also can't detect this particle, but we know that it exists. That's how faith is, right? Let's keep going. If we can acknowledge this, how could we not have faith in God apart from him providing us with provision? I mean, we have a non-tangible but proven substance and a particle that underlies all physicality which scientists can acknowledge but a God that cannot be acknowledged? This is how science can serve Christianity by reaffirming us of what God has already written in His Word. If your mind isn't swimming yet, let's dive into the ocean. Hebrews 11, 1-3 states, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed, here we go, by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. What does this mean? This directly references what we know now, that the Higgs boson, as aforementioned, underlies all physicality but cannot be detected, where God says the exact same thing about how he framed the world. I don't know if your whole world has been rocked, but let me read that part one more time. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The God particle is not visible. But we have faith now. We have, we have faith, right, that God created the world and that it all makes sense and that it's by his rules, right? And this has been reaffirmed in science. Faith and science are intertwined. You can have one without the other, right? You can have just science if you want to. Um, I don't believe that's a good basis to go off of, to be honest. I believe faith is a pillar of Christianity and it is for a reason. But it is, it's definitely possible to have them together, faith and science. But of course, science can show aspects of God, right? Romans 1.20 states, For his invisible attributes, namely, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived, the Bible says, ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. Right? So they are without excuse. We all see the creation of God every day, and it screams out to us of a creator. Now let's affirm this with even more science, right? The central question to what the physicist Eugene Wigner deemed the unreasonable effectiveness of mathematics in explanations of the universe is basically how can mathematics explain the universe so well, even from like a theoretical standpoint, and there not be a creator? Let's go further. How could Peter Higgs, the founder of the God particle, or less known as the Higgs boson, sit down at his workstation and theorize over mathematical equations and predict the existence of that particle. Let me rephrase that. This man, and many others like him, 
found out that certain mathematical like equations once created prove their theory right and so that theory is developed right and then they bring it to a physicist who then confirms the theory right gravity wasn't just like a trial and error thing the theory was created and then in practice it was done so how can that person just sit there and just randomly think of a of an equation and then bam it's proved by it's proved by nature well to me that screams of a creator right because millions of dollars and thousands of man hours later from when Mr. Mr. Peter Higgs or Dr. Peter Higgs performed his theories, right? We discovered it. We discovered the Higgs boson. Mathematics truly is the language of nature. By this logic then, how could nature have created or was it created to be defined by mathematics? I mean, how can nature just create mathematics itself? How can a random universe be randomly defined by mathematics? God is the answer. He has his blueprint and it uses mathematics. A creator designed the universe. Is this a happy coincidence as deemed by some scientists or is this intelligent design? We are not defining nature by mathematics. It already runs by math's rules. And that's important. We're not discovering God. We're discovering things that God has already put in place because he already exists before. Our understanding of math and nature do not contribute to those findings. They were already there. Ecclesiastes 1 details how there is nothing new under the sun. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. We're just discovering crumbs of what God has already created. God created a, a perpetuity, I should say, that is defined by him and makes sense to us because he lets us see his creation and his rules. How much greater could the scientist be if he or she served the creator of the universe? I mean, imagine if you had godly scientists, of which there are many, right? But that didn't say no to God instantly without any kind of scientific pursuit or like an open mind, but not only pursued that angle, but pursued science as given as like illumination by God. What, what I mean is oftentimes we'll discover something amazing in our own personal lives from God giving us a message, either through our life or in a dream or however it's God's, God wants to speak to us, right? So imagine science spurred on by the same thing. Now, this is where faith comes in. Exhausting all of science to find the answers to the universe can seem a noble venture, but to most of us, we do not have the time. Life is complex and filled with millions of distractions, right? However, the God of the universe was clear when he stated that we should draw near to him and he will draw near to us. Faith is rewarded by more faith. I have faith that science will show God to those who do not believe, like me personally. I have faith in his word because it is timeless. I have faith that my belief is real because God has never let me down. People let me down. Life lets me down. Work lets me down constantly. And machines let me down. God never lets me down. There is no scientific basis for atheism, right? It's gonna jump ship right here. True atheism is the belief that one has no belief. Yes. You just heard that correctly. 
atheism, therefore, is counter-science, as it draws a conclusion that a god cannot exist, a better, more science-oriented belief would be agnosticism, right? Scientists do not operate in absolutes, hence why everything is capable of study even after given evidence. Like, just because one has a hypothesis and then proves their hypothesis is true does not end the study on the topic. Right, just because we, we then found out that the Earth revolves around the Sun does not mean that our study of the cosmos ends. At least as an agnostic, one could say that God is simply unknowable or beyond reach. That would be a better counter-argument, either scientifically or philosophically, in a debate, right? Because from there, however, we could utilize philosophy to warrant why a caring and personal God, such as the Christian God, is preeminent. So, God being the foundation of the West, no matter if people do not want to hear it, right? And with timeless values that work perfectly even with a secular eye towards them shows to me to be a rational option for the agnostic to study. That's what I would personally say, right? Like, yes, you may not like the scientific aspect of it or you may, you may not like the philosophical aspect of it, but the key is the West was founded on the values in the Bible created by the Christian God. One cannot ignore the positive moral values as well as the nation built upon Christianity's foundation, America. We must not also forget that the idea of science and religion being separate from one another is a very recent development, like 19th century recent. I do believe that people are moving away from this though, like early times where the Catholic Church actually spurred more scientific innovations than any other world religion did which allowed for a structure that would support scientific inquiry, we see dialogue nowadays with organizations like the European Society for the Study of Science and Theology, the Berkeley Center for Theology and Natural Science, and the Religion Forum, in addition to the, the Vatican Observatory, giving us this merging of science and religion, and then showing us the values that were created from the societies that have been around for thousands of years. So, what do I mean? A science writer named Lauren Isley has emphasized that science is an invented cultural institution which requires a unique soil in order to flourish, right? Although glimmerings of science appeared among the ancient Greeks and Chinese, modern science is the child of European civilization, the, the Institute of Science. Right? Why is this so? It is due to the unique contribution of the Christian faith to Western culture. Right? Isley even states further, it is the Christian world which finally gave birth in a clear, articulate fashion to the experimental method of science itself. In contrast to pantheistic or animalistic religions of, you know, like of the world, Christianity does not view the world as divine or indwelt by spirits, right? But rather as a natural product of a transcendent creator who designed and brought it into being, right? We're not saying that the world is holy and that the things that move within it are holy. We're saying us in the monotheistic religion of Christianity are saying that it is God that is holy, right? Thus the world is a rational place which is open to exploration and discovery, which God wants, right? So if the world were divine, then it would not really be open to exploration and discovery as it's divine, like it has a nature that we could 
attribute to being omnipresent, you know, any of the kind of words that you want to use in order to define it. But rather the world is is separate from God in that it was created for us to discover. And, and it's a natural world. It's not holy in and of itself. Like you don't see us trying to dissect angels or to um, explore the intricacies of being an angel, right? Because it's a divine being. So if you apply that same kind of logic to the world, you're getting into a boat that I don't think encourages expression and discovery as much as viewing the world as a rational place, which is another key mix of science and religion, right? God wants you to explore, question, and dive into the mysteries inherent in life. That's what the Christian God wants. Christianity and the belief in God, in a God, I should say, does not limit exploration and discovery, but actually gives you the very framework you need to succeed, right? And so then from there, like if you can acknowledge as an agnostic that a God would exist and that that God would want you to explore, and then it's a short hop over to Christianity, again, as I use many, many times. As a final point, we can see science's major contribution to religion by proving such a thing as intelligent design. So scientists are still baffled over the perfection of conditions it must have required to initialize the Big Bang. That's one of the big things, evolution, the Big Bang, right? Not only this, but the complexity of life as we know it being random, it stands to reason that we would need a reference point, i.e. God. In the various fields of physics and astrophysics, right? Yeah, classical cosmology, quantum mechanics, and biochemistry, discoveries have repeatedly disclosed that the existence of intelligent life depends upon a delicate balance of physical constants and quantities. We all know this, right? We've seen it. And of all the planets in our solar system, we're the only one that has life on it. If any one of these were to be slightly altered, the balance would be destroyed and life would not exist. In fact, the universe appears to have been incomprehensibly fine-tuned from the moment of its inception for the production of intelligent life. So, let's dive a little bit further into that, right? It does seem like our universe has us in mind. And by universe, I mean the universe that God created, right? So take this insight. We now know that life-prohibiting universes are, more, are vastly more probable than any life-permitting universe like ours. So how much more probable would you say? 5%, 10%? No, let's go a step further. For example, Stephen Hawking has estimated that if the rate of the universe's expansion one second after the Big Bang had been smaller by even one part in 100,000 million million, the universe would have re-collapsed into a hot fireball. Yes. If it had been smaller by even one part in 100,000 million million, the universe would have recollapsed into a hot fireball. PCW Davies has calculated that the odds against the initial conditions being suitable for later star formation, by which planets would not exist, is one followed by a thousand billion billion zeros at least. The f Let me reiterate that. I calculated that the odds against the initial conditions being suitable for later star formation is followed by a thousand billion billion zeros. He says at least. So by that thousand a, a billion billion zeros, the probability of us having the conditions, at least initially, are just so unfathomable that I can't even 
That is wild science. Wild, wild science. He also estimates that a change in the strength of gravity or of the weak force by only one part in 10,100 would have prevented a life-permitting universe. There are a number of such quantities and constants present in the Big Bang, which must be fine-tuned in this way if the universe is to permit life. So, improbability is multiplied by improbability until our minds are reeling in incomprehensible numbers. I mean, just that one statement alone I could have just lived with for this whole thing. There's no way that all this was created that happens to be and, and that materials are there to create the computer and all this stuff exists without a creator. There's just no way. And while no way seems like a non-scientific phrase, <laughs> but I just, I just quoted you the numbers. And it's not from people that are super secular, right? I talk about Stephen Hawking, right? So I say this all to say, God will show you his creation and himself, right? He has given you his spirit and did not create everything just for giggles. He didn't just wave his magic wand and just create it just because it's, it's awesome and he's God. All of creation is a testament to his goodness. If he could design this perfect universe, right, and it's balanced just enough for us to exist, and he takes care of all the details, then where do we have room to worry? I mean, have faith. Have faith, I say. God is great and trusting in him that created all that for you, right, died for you on the cross and dwells within you as a God I am down for worship. And I don't know about you, but I am. Do not forget what Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 and 1 Corinthians 2, 5 state, respectively. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own, your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. And that, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, the Bible says. I mean, truly God made these verses to support of what would later be found in science. Finally, in those two verses with 1 John 5, 4, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. See, faith is one of our pillars, right? It is an essential piece and allows us to dive in deep with a safety line tied to God. Not having faith and diving into the world is to deep sea dive with no boat, no crew, and with uncertain gear, with faith all things are possible, right? Because, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith will overcome the world. Jesus talks about moving mountains through faith and by not doubting, and this will be done for you. I mean, the power of faith definitely just, justifies itself as a pillar. It is immensely strong, and having faith, just like the mathematician who's creating a theory, he has faith that math will support his equations and that the physicist will then verify his claims. Faith is all around us, as I mentioned in the first podcast yesterday. Faith is everywhere. So now it's up to us to keep rationalizing and find faith in a higher power that has given us the values that we hold dear and it's the values of a personal creator who is good. The, the God of all that is good wants you in his life and in your life. He wants you. He wants to love you. He wants to give you all that he wants to give you, which is a lot, seeing as the universe is still expanding and God's still blessing us individually. So, I hope you did it. I hope that you enjoyed today's show and that it really spoke to you. Let me know via email or in comments. And if you really like enjoy the show, then 
blast out everybody else. Let them know about it. Because I believe that God can create change. Not only through prayer and faith, but through science. Through learning more about Him and talking about God. And using whatever kind of methods that you want to, to justify Him. That can all lead toward God. So y'all have a blessed day. And thank you so much for listening.